The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 110 of the MX Vice Show podcast, coming to you days after the 2022 Monster Energy Motocross of Nations. We finally had a true Nations. We finally had another USA win. The only box we didn't tick was a good weather Nations, but we'll get there. We've got to keep the faith, keep the faith. We'll get there one day. Um, as I mentioned, this is episode 110 of the MX5 show. I'm your host, Lewis Phillips, and I would like to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition for their support of the MX5 show. Coming up, we of course have Liat Ask Vice Anything, the Planet Moto Bombshell of the Week, Motocross of Nations discussion, a little bit of World Supercross stuff, a World Supercross discussion slash competition, um, and more, much more. Calendar talk, because I think we're getting closer to that now. So a lot more to come. But before we get to that, thank you to Fly Racing, who are presenting part one of VMX Fly Show as per usual. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, cone-head EBS and a 12k carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe a formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. It was not a great weekend for Max Anstey, but boy did he look good in his fly racing gear and fly racing formula helmet. He definitely won some style points to add to his extremely high total in the actual classification. Um, I am your host, Lewis Phillips. With me is a man who went to Redbud and did stuff, I guess. It's James Burfield. Hey, hey, yes, I, I did stuff. Yeah, stuff was great. I um oh, that's I actually, good. Thank you. Should I end of the show. <laughs> I, I actually managed to um drop the uh the exclusive on Mitch Evans hip injury. So Yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So just saying. Just saying. And I got Kaida Wolf talking about Ruben. You um, you um, 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 you uh, in the in the interview of Mitch Evans, you called for Lawrence Brothers for Hunter Brothers, but don't worry, I corrected that for you. Ah, cool. Yeah, I was very excited at the time, and, um, <laughs> I, I, and during that interview, I had Lucas Myrtle, who was very, very drunk, um, literally there trying to help out as well. So it, that was fun. Yes, it's hard in the trenches, isn't it, James? Uh, it was hard in the motocross and Asians trenches when uh, everybody around me is absolutely hammered. Was um obviously I wasn't there. Um, that was emotional. But how actually was it? Because from my perspective, 
it, it didn't look as busy as I was expecting. Obviously, it's for Nations, so you have ridiculously high expectations. Um, the pit bike of Nations looked insanely busy, but once it got to like the actual motocross part of the event, that minor detail, I was expecting it to be a little bit busier. Like there were some empty spots in the fan areas, and like there were spaces, like there were spaces for fans, which typically um, you don't expect of the Nations, and I don't remember it being like that at Redbud last time. No, I think um, I, th- I think with the nation, uh, the pit biker nations, you could see the amount of people who who were there in a condensed space. I think you you, you can't underestimate how big Red Bud is. Um, it, it is. Um, I think that was my big biggest surprise when I went there. You know, back when I used to attend races. Yeah. Um, like it is like a it's like two tracks, isn't it? There's like a very clear divide. You can see one half of the track, and then you can see the other half of the track. Like yeah. Everyone is very much almost separated into two tracks. Yeah, it's it is literally it is literally quite a vast space. So when you got people spread out, literally over that vast like vast space, it didn't look as as busy as as you would have thought. But when I was walking around, there was people everywhere. So I, I would say I would say I, I would say around about thirty thousand people. I think that would be a, a good guesstimate. Um, I don't know what that well, compares to. Um, the official attendance was seventy eight thousand three hundred across the weekend. Yeah, so that would be about right. Um, thirty plus thirty plus thirty. Um, could they do Friday to Monday, or is it just Saturday and Sunday? Well, I doubt they count Monday. I don't know. About that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I doubt there's much to count there. Um, uh... <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, it was it was super busy. Um, you know, you can you know it, it was uh it like you can see some areas like around around the monster rigs star um you know Loraco's leap everything was like it yeah it was deep so um yeah i think you, it's one of those things as well that like you have to kind of walk a little bit further to like get a good you know view of the track and did you venture out at all yeah i had a I had a little uh had a little walk around had a little uh but the only problem was uh, Saturday was fine walking around, but Sunday when the rain hit, um, I uh, didn't actually take any uh, track uh, boots or anything. So um, even though we were on this podcast talking about the fact that it was going to rain on Sunday, well, I kind of didn't convinced take that advice. No, nah, I kind of convinced myself that it wasn't going to rain, so it was just like, nah, I'd be fine. Just put some trainers in. I literally put, a, I literally grabbed the the coat which was showing on the banister um on the way out otherwise i wouldn't have even had a coat so um yeah that was interesting a lot of Honestly, people a lot of people were, were the same as me they didn't have a coat so they were going around in them um, ponchos on a scale of one to ten how much did you miss me uh it was weird like weird weird like you having you and sean like not there i think it was is like the first time since uh 15 with sean in the first time since 13 with you so yeah it was definitely weird um did you feel like a lost lamb without the light of your life there to guide you well luckily the you know you lose one and you find three or four others so i managed to replace you quite quickly um so it wasn't too bad but yeah it was it was definitely managed, you managed to replace me in as far as physically but not emotionally yeah but yeah definitely definitely not emotionally yeah um but yeah it was it was a weird nations without you so um yeah it, there um, we go I, in a way I'm kind of glad I missed it because I got a very fresh perspective on what the people at home need. Really? And that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's too much. (laughs) In what way? Well, no, just like 
you'll see, I haven't missed it. Like the only G- the only races I've ever missed in the last six, five, six years is Russia, and Russia's kind of like a unique thing in itself, anyway. So it's not like missing a true, true race. Um, and yeah, just I was like, oh, that's oh oh, I wish I could do this right now. Oh, it would be good if during this time I was doing this. Like, oh yeah, got to get. It's good to get some perspective, you know. Yeah, I and think... that's not uh, not to downplay the fact that I was on the verge of having a mental breakdown on Friday. There was some some very worrying tweets which was going out. It's like you were doing literally whole cycles of emotions. Oh, I was I was high, and then I was low, and then I was high, and then I was low, and then I was low, and then I was lower. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was giving, and then I was giving up on motocross completely, and not even going to watch it. And then I was there with a flag. And <laughs> there, from, from from the outside looking in, that I can only imagine what um, your mum and your dog went through. Yeah, um, Friday was tough. Friday, I'd very nearly had a mental breakdown because, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no other way to put it. Friday, I very nearly had a mental breakdown. Um, at one point you told me that you were close to getting a flight yeah i, I did consider i was like fuck it shall i just book a flight because i re- i've worked out that i could get there probably an hour after the qualifying race is finished which would have like been all right um and then i had to stop myself but um yes i was very emotional um but once the, once the TV coverage started, I felt better because obviously, like I said on the show last week, at that point, I was seeing what was going on. So I was like, okay, I, I, I feel a bit more connected now. Um, okay. Okay. So, the, so that the, calmed me down. So the fact that you wasn't there and able to talk to people and see what's happening, that's, that's your, that was the thing which um, drove you insane. Well, I should thank everyone because a lot of people were texting me little things and little gossip and little updates and like, oh, this is happening. And I was like, very, very, I didn't ask anyone to do that. So I was very thankful that everyone did that, which is great. That's nice. Um, but yeah, so big, big, big box was ticked for the Motocross of Nations. Whether you want USA to win or not, I think we can all agree we needed the USA to win uh, to protect the legacy of the event, to protect the future of the event, to protect the interest in the, of the, in the event. Um, we needed a USA win. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And even now, looking back, if the USA had finished fourth, I shudder to think what we would all be saying right now because I think that it would all be very doom and gloom. And basically, this podcast would be, do, do we really think they're going to go to Erne? But Fortunately, um, they won, and they were the best team. There is absolutely no doubt about that. They should have won. They deserved to win. It was a, it was, it wasn't a lucky win. It was outright deserving. And happy days. So USA are back on top for the first time since 2011. Yeah, um, I agree. I think, um, I think if uh, they had lost this time, or you know, said like like a four or four, um, you know, didn't get on the podium, which was you know. There has to be something astronomical for them not for that not to happen. I genuinely believe it would have damaged the, uh, the idea of them going forward. You know, going to France and going to these other places like they they needed that. At the same time, as much as we need um, America at the nations, uh, we actually definitely need uh, Australia now at the nations because. Uh, as much as um, the American fans were, were, you know, cheering on the Americans, the American fans were also cheering on the Australians. Well, without without Team USA and Team Australia, is effectively a GP. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, without those two, that's what that's you know. And, and the other thing, way to look at it is the Australians are so that's such a young team that 
that's the nations for the next sort of 10 years. That's the nation's team for the next 10 years. So, you know, you want those guys at the nations. They're a massive crowd pool. Yeah, no, for sure. I think um, it's funny. Like, obviously, it did rain very hard. I- I'm amazed that the track ended up in such good shape because um, the photos and the videos of the track Sunday, uh, Sunday morning were horrific. And I, I was even beginning to wonder, like, do they just cancel it? Or, <laughs> um, but it was it was uh, acceptable. It wasn't a full blown mudder. It was fine. Um, but obviously, when the rain started falling, everyone started to question whether Team USA would win, would even be a factor, blah, blah, blah. But I think there's one thing that we're all forgetting here. And that is that in 2018 at Redbud, it rained both days. Um, both days were muddy, a mudder, whatever you, however you want to classify a mudder. But it was certainly rainy and wet. And if I remember right, Team USA qualified well, I think. Or did they the, not? The, I should the, really the, look this up. The, the the thing I will say is, yes, it was a mudder, but it was nothing compared to 2018. Okay, Team USA qualified eighth in 2018. That's so, genuinely shocked me. I thought they qualified second. Yeah, so the, although it was a mudder, it was it was not a mudder. It was it didn't compare to no, it 2000, wasn't. It, 2018. You couldn't walk through the pits. It was that bad. The pits the weekend uh, the weekend was absolutely fine. I so, qualify um, a mudder as um a mudder in my mind is um not bikes getting stuck, but people sloppy. everyone everyone simply trying to get around. Yes, yeah, sloppy. Like, there being people people crashing multiple times a lap because they literally can't avoid that. Um, like, it was raceable at the weekend. The oh, racing yeah, wasn't it was, great it was because nowhere, of the rain. It was nowhere near that. It was, uh, yeah, it was definitely, definitely, definitely raceable. But as, so like, as I said, and as we've all been saying in the world of motocross, we needed a Team USA win to protect the nations. Now, to protect the nations, we really need a dry race. Because... I think I, I don't I just think we need a dry race to kind of like boost the energy a little bit again. Because like when you have a situation like you had on Sunday or at Mantova or at Assen or at Red Button 2018 or at Matterley, etc. 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 Um the racing isn't great because there aren't many lines, there's normally only one good line, it's hard to pass, there is a matter, there is a slight game of survival in there, protecting the goggles is a massive thing, so the race, it does impact the racing, and we do have a bit more of a procession, and I think the racing did suffer on Sunday because of that. So, I do believe that we need a dry nations now, just to remind everyone that like, oh wow, look at the amazing racing we had at this prestigious event, because truthfully, if I go back to the first muddy nations in 2017, I'm struggling to think of a race in the last, what's that, six years, that really like, I'm like, oh, that was a good nations race. Yeah. Well, five years, but um, the, the, interesting, the, the interesting thing is um, next year, they're looking at the end of October for the nations. Yeah, that's um, we're probably best not to talk about that because because if we're if we're thinking about not having a, a, a wet nations, it, yeah, we're we're gonna get that in France. Well, 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 I'm, I don't, we should get back to red part, but this is interesting. Um, this is what confuses me because everyone says, "Oh, you can't have the nations in the Netherlands in um, end of September because it will rain." Uh, i.e. Assen. You can't have it a mat- uh, in England because it will rain, i.e. Matterley. But when we've gone to Ernay 2005 and 2015, it was good weather. So, and and Ernay is in, towards the north of France, no? 
Or is uh, it self enough where is it self enough where it does get a bit of a kickback of the good weather of like spray uh, Spain, Spain, Italy? <laughs> I would I wouldn't I wouldn't say as low as that, but but definitely um I, I'm, safer. I, do you know what? I just think we've been really lucky, like well, unlucky and lucky with some of these some of these races at that that particular time because um you look back at previous ones in like Lommel didn't rain tushintao didn't rain no um, Not, uh, I, I was thinking this at the weekend latvia i kind of remember it being i say it didn't rain but maybe it was like in the air a little i can't remember if it i have a feeling it like drizzled a little bit but i'm not sure i think it was just cold if i remember rightly it was just freezing so um, um yeah, yeah no, I, we did we did get lucky because before 2017 i don't even know when the last wet nations was <laughs> yeah and I, and i think that's just all it is it's it's because I don't know if you've seen the weather forecast, but for this weekend, it's like 26, 27 sun. Uh, and I think the, literally the whole week following the Nations was uh, in uh, Redbud. It, it was just sun. So it's like we picked, we managed to pick the only weekend which it's rained. And so, I'll tell you what, um, and I, yeah, actually, I live an hour from Matterley, and Sunday was bright sunshine, clear skies. So if they'd run it at Matterley, uh, it would have been perfect. So it is just luck of the draw. Um, and another thing that people overlook, which proves just how much luck is involved, 2017, 2019, 2021, and now 2022, four of the last five muddy nations have um, has been dry on Saturday. Matt, people seem to think that Matterley was a washout all weekend, but Saturday was dry. Um, I think Friday might have been wet, but Saturday was dry. Uh Assen, Saturday was dry. Mantova, Saturday was dry. And then obviously Redbud. Like, <laughs> it is just, I don't know what is going on. I'm just, just laughing. When you say Saturday was dry at Assen, literally, I have never seen so much rain come down on a Sunday than at Assen. It was yeah, Saturday li- was dry though, wasn't it? Oh my God. I don't, I don't think it was. I don't think it was. Really? People, I'm pretty sure my main memory, my main memory from... Uh, the Assen Saturday is Cooper winning the qualifier, or was it then? Because I remember Cooper winning the qualifying race in the dry, but then I also remember Sewer winning the qualifying race in the wet, and they would have been run twenty minutes apart. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was wet because I have never seen so much rain in all my life. Hold like, on, wet. you talk. I need to figure this out. You talk. Okay, you talk. So uh, Assen, the the fact that the, the literally the tarmac in between the racetrack was literally like like pools of water where you know it just started to fill up i can remember the cameramen literally just trying to find uh, a way around these pools because it was like knee deep so and and matley was wet I, I i genuinely we've been really unlucky with the last five years with um with weather and it goes back to that thing which we've just been talking about which was i just think that um we could pick anywhere and it's just going to be a luck of the draw whether it's going to be dry that weekend or it's going to be wet that weekend. The one thing which uh, I will say about um, Redbird is that uh, they're on it with um, the facilities. Literally, there was bark going down everywhere to make sure the paddock didn't get muddy. But again, looking back to 2018, where you couldn't even walk across the paddock in a pair of walking boots um, just because it was so deep, so the mud was so bad. This year, the the rain was was nothing like that. It rained, um, but it wasn't as bad as 2018. I have it did. It was raining on Saturday, but not as bad. So it it wasn't like there wasn't standing water on the track. Um, 
But yeah, it was miserable, but it doesn't look like it was horrific like it was on Sunday. It's a drier. I, I was wrong. It wasn't dry, but it was at least drier than Sunday. Um, but anyway, enough about the weather. Yeah. But, although that is literally the biggest story with the nations now every single year, unfortunately. Um, yeah, Team USA won. And, and to be honest, uh, in the week leading up to the race, I had absolutely no doubt. After Friday, I had absolutely no doubt. After qualifying on Saturday, I had even less. Like I was literally convinced I would have bet everything on it. And even in sun, even when it started raining on Sunday morning, I was still convinced because it was such a strong team, and on paper, no one could match that. So I saw. I just couldn't imagine a scenario in which they would lose it. Oh, I um, wasn't. I was high fiving the Dutch. I was convinced, convinced that the Dutch had this. It was like no one else turned up. The Dutch have this. Why, why though? I, I just, I genuinely look back to 2018 and, and, and watch it and, you know, remember their dominance. Obviously, Hurlins wasn't there, but, you know, Kyder Wolf, Colden Off, and Vlanders are a super strong team, especially in the wet. So um, I just fully expected them to, um, you know, to, to take it. But uh, yeah, it was a, a weird performance from, from the Dutch. It's like Colden Off was, it's like he didn't turn up. Uh, Kaida Wolf was fantastic in race one, race so so well. I think he was he wasn't that far behind Justin Cooper. No, he or, or Hunter Lawrence. He was in that mix of top MX2 riders. Yeah, and, and even but, his even his um second race, he crashed twice and came back to 18th, I think, which is yeah. like nothing to obviously ter- not a great result on paper, but nothing to um sniff at. No, no, no. And um, in, in Vlanderen taking the whole shot in. Uh, I, I kind of spoke to a very, very frustrated Vanderen after race one, and he was just like, like really, really angry, like the most angriest I've ever seen him because he was after just after like, race one, as in his race one, or the race one that he wasn't in. Uh, yeah, sorry, his after his race, the first race, um, when he took the whole shot, and um, he said that he just got so tight, he's like the pressure, the you know, and he said that. When one rider came past, he just tightened up and his arm pump was just so severe. And then when the second and third rider came past, um, he was just so tight and he was just so frustrated with himself. Um, very, very angry. But um, you can tell the you know what it meant to those guys and the passion and stuff like that. So um Yeah. So I, I will uh, say I, I will I, say I will say this. Obviously, like I say, Team USA should have won. Um deserve to win best team all of that i think there's only two things that could have changed the outcome of the nations and that's one if christian craig was on the 250 instead of justin cooper i'm genuinely i don't see christian craig beating marvin which would have been quite a big point swing because justin cooper really brought it not brought it home but he really put team usa in a very very strong position and did his job extremely well um i don't think christian craig would have executed that well i think marvin would have been ahead of him which would have obviously leveled the playing field with the french somewhat so i think that potentially could have changed changed the game and also if france had vial instead of marvin i think maybe that would have um closed the gap as well although i think team usa still would have won yeah, I um, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think it was team. The only thing what would have, would, I mean, how would you have um, if Fial was there, a fit Fial? Um, where Marvin was the weak link on Team France. That's there's no doubt about that. Um, what would the swing be if Fial was there? Well, Vial, I would imagine Vial would have been with Cooper. 
he wouldn't have he wouldn't have been ahead of Cooper or like five spots ahead, but he would have at least matched what Cooper did to some extent. Like maybe he would have been one position ahead or one position behind. He would have been right there with him, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, which would have obviously stopped the bleeding a little bit because um yeah, Cooper finishing ninth. Oh, they were both drop scores, but still Cooper finishing ninth and Marvin finishing fourteenth in Moto One. That's a five point swing. Um and actually, same thing, Cooper finishing fourth and Marvin finishing ninth in Moto Two, that's a five point swing as well, and that stood. So um yeah, those are those are the only two tweaks that I can see having impacted the nation's results somewhat. But still, as I say, I think the USA were gonna win no matter what, because they were just the best team and not just the best team on the track, but the way they executed off the track, thanks to the um, involvement of Rentful's Paul Perabinos, was um, flawless as well. And that has been the hole in their game recently. So adding that element of strategy and um, teamwork, and they are back to the Team USA that we all know from this event because none of us think of team USA as being a fifth place team. We all think of team USA as being potential winners and winners. Yeah. I mean, that's what you know, we had for throughout the, uh, throughout the nineties and the eighties. I'll tell, tell you what is strange though. So t- the second team USA won, I suddenly felt like the last 11 years had never happened. Like it suddenly felt like this was just the year after St. John and team USA had been winning the whole time. Like it kind of took, it kind of felt like I had gone right back to where I was pre their streak of losses like yeah oh well of course team USA won like you know you know what I'm saying no yeah I kind of I kind of see what you're saying like I I wasn't like I wasn't like oh my god team USA won I was like oh well of course it's team USA like it was the last 10 losses or whatever it's been were just erased from my mind completely and I was just like yeah sure it's team USA they're the best yeah and I think I think that's good but they, they had an opportunity this year and they took it which is, you know, that's what they needed to do. They needed to do that to to basically keep themselves at the across the nations because I think there would have been serious questions if they hadn't have won. Now, looking at Erne for next year, um, you got to believe that the the French are going to be super strong. The Australian again, they're going to be super strong. The Italians, they're going to be there. The Dutch. Um, do you want to know what's interesting about the French next year? What's up? You know how they don't really like taking riders who have gone to America. Um, they're they're all there. <laughs> well, yeah, like now that they've now that Vial's going as well, um, if they like, they would have say uh, Fevre, Beniston. Help me out. Is there anyone else? <laughs> no, there's not really. So any. they're gonna have to they're gonna have to swallow I mean, and pull um, pull yeah, someone I mean, across from America. There, there's Guyon. Um, yeah, no, that's not going to do it. So they're no. going to have to swallow their pride and take some and start bringing people over from America consistently. Yeah, hundred percent. And and there'd be a fool, you know, fools if they didn't bring, um, you know, Ferrandis in in Vial back. Um, and you know, Renault was was so good the weekend as well. Um, he he's just. In a lot of people said to me, you know, in, in Turkey, like you know. And a few at the nations about sort of when Hurlins comes back, he's going to have everything his own way. He's just going to destroy everybody. Um, I don't know. Renault's good. Sounds like you were talking to my friends. <laughs> yeah, Re- Renault's good. You know, I, I don't think I, I don't think I don't th- when when Jeffrey comes back, he's not going to have everything his own way. I think Renault is is going to continue to improve. He's not hit a ceiling yet. My um, 
my, uh, as you know, I've not been exactly jumping for joy about Renault um, this year in comparison to you. Yeah. Um, I think part of where that comes from is Aston Nations in 2019, he wasn't very good, but he was also very young and not expected to be that good at that point. So who cares? But then Erne this year, home GP, he wasn't very good. He didn't get on the podium in St. John. And then qualifying race on Saturday, he was very average. First moto, he wasn't exceptional. Like going into that third moto, I was kind of like, yeah, this is why I'm not completely sold on Renault because he doesn't, show up all of the time and crucially he doesn't show up at the most important events until obviously that third moto happened and then he did show up but i kind of understood where my thought process was at with renault based on how the nations was going for him because now we look back and we're like bloody hell what a performance winning that final moto but let's not forget the qualifying race was bang average and moto one was um good don't get me wrong it was solid it was good but he got dropped by tomac which maybe you'd expect and gertz which you wouldn't expect a ridiculous amount um gertz's race one that that was a phenomenal result uh, and oh, a, i wanted to i wanted to a um, phenomenal performance like the, the fact that you've just said he's got dropped by gertz and tomac that's not a bad thing because gertz was wow and 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 so Tomac was uh, a yeah, new level as well. You, you reckon? Do you reckon that after that Moto One, Renault accepted being beaten by Gertz? Do you, or do you think he would have been absolutely raging? Oh, but, absolutely I can imagine raging. there's absolutely no way because you've got to remember that Renault and Gertz were one two in MX two when Renault won the championship. So there is a bit of inter team rivalry there, but also um, straight up rivalry because absolutely, yeah, they and went I- for a championship together. And I and I think that was that that spurred him on for that race, yeah, for for his second race. The um the thing which you you kind of alluded to with like you know um, not being there for when it counts. I think maybe that second race is is put that to bed because he'll he'll look at that and say I can, you know, with all the pressure I needed to perform for Team France um, to get us to you know as far at the podium as possible. He he brought the goods home, so I think he'll look back at that result and say, "Actually, when the pressure's on, I can deliver." So hopefully that will that will change his mindset going forward. Yeah, it's I, I'm I'm uh, well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. When it comes time to preview 2023 MXGP, I am not sold, and I will not be putting Renault in that elite group with Hurling's Geyser, Prado. That's because you're mental. Yeah, I've mental. been tested. Yeah, mental. Um, I've been tested. From the outside, I mean, we've been um, we've been quite critical about Gertz this year, especially sort of leading up to the the championship. Um, were you surprised because we we talked about what happens if Gertz, you know, won a race? And I, th- I, I I'd love to play back last week's because I think you kind of like turned around and said, "Yeah, never going to happen." No, f- no, f- bloody hell! This is a throwback to the old podcast. <laughs> if you remember last week, I went. I don't know why, but randomly, I keep having this random thought come into my head and this gut feeling that Gertz is going to do something amazing and go one-one or something, and I can't shake it. And I don't even know why because I don't really believe it. But I can't shake this random like thought inside of me that he's going to do something weird. The complete opposite of what you just said. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure you said that. What I said. You know. But you don't think I said so, what I just said? No. Nah, nah. Okay, I can find that because I know I said that <laughs> word for word. Because I almost, if I had time, I was going to cut it for this show. <laughs> oh, that would, yeah, that would have been good. Um, what were your thoughts on his performance on the 450? Um, 
first of all, he looks very good in his Instagram videos of him rising the 450 at the goat farm. And there were a lot of texts flying around in the week that he was flying. So maybe that was a little bit of a precursor. But equally, I still didn't expect, although my gut instinct was that something weird was going to happen. I certainly wouldn't have put money on him doing what he did. But then I've heard from now everyone and their dog is saying, well, it makes perfect sense. Gertz can ride a 450 for, at 90% and that eliminates some mistakes. And damn it, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> and, and that, that's exactly, I had this conversation with Hans Corvers in, in pit lane and uh, he turned around and he said, on the 250, he's always trying to, to try and get as much out of that bike as possible. And that's when the mistakes happens. He said, we all seen that once he got on a 450, he doesn't have to push as hard. He has what he, ha- he, has what he needs. So, um, yeah, when you actually break it down um, that way, then uh, he could be quite, uh, you know, quite, yeah. who knows what he can do on a 450. Because if, if that's his performance where he just goes straight out and wins, then, um, you know, I, it, it bodes well for the MXGP class for um, 2024. We've got lots of movers and shakers with, the, you know, everybody coming to the end of their contract. And then you're going to have, um, two very strong Yamahas in the form of Renault in in uh, in, in Gertz. Renault's contracts up at the end of next year as well. Can you see him going anywhere else though? I know, I know that there are people planning to go after him. I can imagine. And yeah. he also he also very nearly left Yamaha before he won the MX2 title. Yeah, I mean, they came down trying... to it came down to fifty grand, I think. Yeah, I I, I think. Um, if if Louis Vosters still has that team, then I think he's just going to be, right, I want these two guys spearheading it. Well, I this is controversial. If I'm Yamaha, I'm having a serious conversation about the fact that maybe we shouldn't have signed Koldenhoff to, to an extra one-year deal and we should have just put Gertz on a 450 now. And maybe do is there a way that we can still do this? Well, I, I think that's a great conversation um, because uh, Renault went up early. He he could have, um, he had another year, didn't he, on the um, MX2, chose to go up. Um, you know, Gertz has another year. After that performance, what is the point in him slogging it out on a 250? Like, really, like, look at the bigger picture and, and, and MXGP is what you want to be winning. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they've not done a huge U-turn and announced this is what's going to be going on for 2023. I mean, they you, could even, they could run Gertz on a 450 out of the MX2 awning if they really wanted to. They could. I mean, if Benison's going to be expected to win the MX2 title, so it's not like they they would be left without a threat in MX2. Yeah. Um, because realistically, if you look at it, we know what we're going to get from Gertz in MX2 at this point. He's 100%. finished second in the World Championship three times. He's dropped the ball over and over again. That's not going to get better. Additionally, next year he could be beaten by DeWolf, Lagenfelder, Beniston, etc., which could only harm his confidence and only knock him, beat him down before he makes his 450 debut. So, to protect the long term future of Gertz and maybe get the most out of him, maybe you do just have a conversation about moving him up now. Yeah, 100%. If uh, I would be very very surprised if that conversation has not gone on 
between Hans Corvers and uh, Alexander and, and Torsten and Yamaha. You know, they, they must be sat around that table thinking, what do we do? He's given us a problem. Because looking at that for for 2020, for 2023, you're right. You know, we all, we all know that Kyder Wolf's going to come out firing 100%. You know, with Ruben in his corner, uh, the the kid was buzzing. You know, when I when I interviewed him, he was like, "I cannot wait! Like, forget the break. Let's let's get let's get to work." You know, he's going to come out. You know, firing. So it's like, do you really want to? Do you really want to dent that that package sort of going forward? When actually, you can just hello, hello, twenty twenty three MX MXGP. I'm here, and I think he will be there or thereabouts in the top three, um, mixing it up week in week out. Come on. Hurlings, Fevre, Prado, Renault, Sewer, Geyser, Fernandez, which I'm stretching there. Okay, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we we said that we said that with Renault this year. Um, yeah, and I still kind of stay. I'm still kind of saying the same thing. <laughs> oh yeah, and he's already won races and, and everything else. So it's like, do you know what? I do believe he will have the same similar similar path as what um, Renault did in in 2022. So I think I think he'll he'll take a couple of race wins. And I also think he'll have maybe a couple of bad races, um, but yeah, I do believe I do believe that he will have a very similar impact to Renault in twenty twenty for twenty twenty three. What Renault did in twenty two? You mean twenty twenty four? No, well, uh, assuming that he he goes next year into MXGP. Well, he's not. He's signed a deal for MX two. We're just we're just theorizing here about what could potentially be a good move. This isn't something that's happening. No, no, no. That's I, I thought we were still theorizing. Yeah, but you just meant you just stated it as fact. So. No, no, no. I'm just saying that if if he if he did get the opportunity to go up next year, I do believe it will be a, a like for like with what Renault's done. Um, Ferrandis was uh maybe the strongest rider on Sunday, Mate. which was a massive surprise because he has really done nothing all year. He was um, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal, and not only phenomenal, but that was the most exciting ride. Um you know, rider of the weekend for me. He was phenomenal. Like, literally, his results didn't do him justice. He could have gone 1-1. So let me just do some quick maths in my head. If he had gone 1-1, uh, that would have been minus three points. And, no, minus two points. And minus five points, that would have been minus seven points. So even if Ferrandis had gone 1-1. Actually, if, if Ferrandis had gone... If Ferrandis would have gone 1-1, they would have tied. Yeah. I mean, my maths is terrible, so there's a high chance that's wrong. Um, but interesting. I like the, my favorite thing about the nations is just playing around with the totals and seeing like what could have they, they changed won, with what they, uh, Lewis. They would have won by one point. How? how? Because um, he got a four and a sip, yeah. Yeah. So he would have knocked three off the off three off of one and five off the other. No, because it would have only got because Renault uh, Renault finished first to the other so like ah, okay, as yeah. far as france is concerned he yep. would have only gone from fourth to second because france would have won anyway okay but That's... he would he would have pushed in front of sexton and tomac though yeah so technically you would have taken a position off of anyway it doesn't matter because it it doesn't matter because usa won but i, I this is my favorite <laughs> thing to do yeah. i like but, i like no, 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 fiddling, I... fiddling around with the maths I and do. seeing like how you can manipulate the results to say like what I... would have had to change for the results to change and blah 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 i i was watching frandis and after he came back from that um that that you know first corner crash which he was down buried um and i was watching him come back and at some points he was eight seconds faster than the top three it was 
unreal. He was putting in 212s while everybody else was like putting in 219s, 220s. Um, it was phenomenal. Like, no idea where he was making at the time, but it was like he was lighting up every sector. And at one point, I think he was on uh, for the last lap to be challenging Sexton, but he stopped for goggles. So he took the option to to pull in for the goggle lane, which cost him six seconds. So, um, yeah, it was a phenomenal ride. It was so fun to watch as well. It's just, uh, yeah, it's like, damn, like this, he is hauling. Speaking of um, messing around with totals, this is the lowest total that Team USA have had since um 2007 so even in two, when they won in 2008 2009 2010 and 2011 they had higher totals when they did at redbud which again um just puts an exclamation point on how strong they were on sunday yeah a carmichael villapoto ferry team so um yeah well i mean they, they scored eight at uh buds creek i think and 16 at Red Buds, obviously there's a difference there, but point being, in the four years that followed Buds Creek, they scored higher than they did at Red Bud on Sunday, and yeah. still won. So, the it's not like the Red Bud team um, performed on average based on previous USA wins. They were exceptional. Yeah. But you can't say that because people get angry at you for just saying facts. If you okay. say facts. Okay. Um, what else? Do we, do we talk about GB yet, or do you want to wait? Oh my god! Well, it's just a disaster, really, wasn't it? Um, I think it was the disaster. ultimate car crash. Now, I got a lot of shit for saying that GB were going to finish seventh. Well, didn't I say tenth? Didn't I say ninth or tenth? I can't remember, but I got a lot of shit for saying they were going to finish seventh. Um, it was just a mess. Uh, Max had fuel issues, which made um, his bike not run ideally. Uh, Tommy ran out of fuel on. The last lap of both motos, which is an ideal in itself. Um, yeah, when it rains, it pours, I guess. And absolutely nothing went right. It was Team GB's worst result since 1996, if you take 2015 out, because um, they only had two riders in 2015. So not really a fair comparison. Um, and yeah, absolute disaster. Mismanaged. Um, riders were mistreated situation was mismanaged and yeah i think the whole thing needs a needs to be looked at um what 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 do you mean by mismanaged and mistreated well no i just don't think that i just don't think that everything was done in the correct way and i think that i don't think the selection process was done in the best way um i don't think anything was done in the best way to be honest from what i hear um yeah past distribution um i don't think anything was done in the best way and i don't think that I think that the whole thing needs to be looked at quite, um, quite significantly. Do you, do you think it will, or do you think he's done enough? I don't. I don't know. It's weird because every year we all, we all internationally, so not just Americans, um, will talk about should De Costa be the Team USA manager? Blah 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 blah. But for a country like Britain, those questions, those those questions aren't allowed to be asked. I don't know if it's because like we're British, so we're polite, so you can't be controversial. Um, but it's weird because if this was like Team USA, these questions would be asked every year. Um, Mark Chamberlain does think I'm a helmet. He's on record as that. So <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I guess there's nothing. I ain't really got anything to. So I guess I can speak my mind. But yeah. it's everyone. Just because Team GB's had podiums in a row, everyone thinks that Mark Chamberlain's come in and changed the game. He hasn't. Like that's he hasn't. I, like, he hasn't. 
So um, I think that I think that kind of led everyone down a false path. Those results. Um, and do you, do you think now's the time for somebody like Steve Dixon to take tickets? Well, Steve, take I think over? Steve Dixon. Well, Steve Dixon's done it, so I don't know if he'd want to do it again. I think he would. I think I, he would. I spoke to him about it in Finland. He, if I remember right, he quit purely because he needed an extra rental car and the ACU wouldn't fund it. And he was like, well, if I can't even get it, I think that was the reason why he quit. Um, I think I mean, the, if, you, you hit a nail on head there. The ACU needs to take a hard look at, it, at what they're doing because... Um, what I would like to see, um, because... Uh, like so everyone has their own way of funding donations, don't they? Yep. So Team GB does a VIP um, package for fans where you fly, uh, you get your flight, your hotel, your passes taken care of for £1,595. Um, and you get to have a dinner with the riders and the teams, uh, and the team, sorry, on Friday night, I believe. And that's kind of the way of funding it. Um I just, but then I, I look at, but then I look at, and everyone's going to go, "Oh, you just love America." But I look at what Team USA did with that charity golf tournament, which you must have seen. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, and like that just gave off such a professional vibe, like such a professional, like top level vibe. That I just feel like maybe we should try and do something like that rather than a piss up. Uh, well, funny enough, we we have got some of the the world's greatest golf courses. So um, I don't know about that, and I've probably yeah. said too much. No, we that's do. what I would do. No, no, that's we what do. I would do. I would, I would do a, I would do a, I would do a ride to to fund GB Team GB. I would do a ride day on the first weekend of August or whatever, whenever the calendar allows, on a Wednesday even. I would get all of the Team GB options there who can be there. Obviously, American riders or American based riders. So what you're saying, there. like getting Watson, Muse, Muse Simpson, Gilbert. Yes, um, get them there. You can. Everyone else can ride there. 50 quid for the day or whatever. Auction off jerseys. Make Team GB great again would be the name of the day. Um, get a good vibe going about British motocross. Like, fuck it, let's, all, let's put Team GB back on top. Let's all make... You're all part of the team. All contributing. Um, it'd even be quite cool to have everyone who contributed have their name on, like, the pit board or something. Like, you know, really small or on someone's helmet. Um, that's why... That's why, And I feel like that would be a good vibe. I feel... But I think... I think... So Team USA's interest in the event wasn't at a very healthy point. Um, or the USA's industry say, like Kawasaki don't want to support it. Some people don't like it as much as they used to for whatever reason. Um, and I feel like the way that Paul Perabino has got involved this year with the golf tournament and all of these things has really um, was united American motocross and all of those efforts have gone into the nations. And I feel like for British motocross, we can use Team GB at the nations to unite British motocross. Like, but use Team GB, which is the best of the best of British motocross. Like, there's nothing better than that. Use Team GB to as the base and build British motocross off of that. So, like, have someone walking around with a bucket at British Championship races saying, make, like, make Team GB great again. Give what you can. You know, like, fuck it. Just, I don't know. Just do stuff. Yeah. I, I, like, I like your enthusiasm on this. I haven't seen well, you this infused in a long time. Some people are going to tell me that I'm a helmet. So. <laughs> I, can, I, I can't argue with them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I try to stay impartial, but, I, yeah. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not saying that what's being done is wrong, but 
um there were some issues i know and i and i'm not saying yeah i'm not so much saying that what mark chamberlain did is wrong but i'm saying that as a whole i think they get, like getting the acu involved in everything i think team gb can be used to like really unite british motocross because i think there are some riders who have a bit i think there's maybe similar to team where the usa were i think there are some riders in britain who have got a bit of taste in their mouths about the nations based what, on how things have been handled in recent years what do you mean um, like the selection process uh yeah yeah or um, behind the scenes with like um you know how their passes are distributed and stuff like that because I, I i hear loads of stories with like riders having to actually put a hand in their own pockets to to basically get basic things is that yeah, right? so, like, I, I, don't, I don't know i don't know but um yeah i don't know i just feel like we could use team i feel like we can use team great britain to really like unite um british motocross from the ground up and like really get people involved like really like you know make it one we are one i see no borders we are one okay um you know when you say something and you're just like fuck's sake that's gonna come back to me <laughs> both both barrels <laughs> I just really can't be. I can't even be asked to finish this podcast now. So, like, uh, for fuck's sake! Don't, don't worry, mate. You won't even be here. You'll be like in Sally, California. It'll be fine. I'll be in Cardiff. Oh yeah, we got Cardiff next. Um. So uh, you mentioned about Australia being a team for the next ten years. Australia and Spain are the team. Are the teams to watch? That they're not going to change. Prado Fernandez. Fares are going to be the free Spanish riders forever. And if one of them's injured, they've got Baceras, who just signed for FNH Kawasaki, who can step in and is more than capable. Yep. So Spain, Spain have never been on the podium. Don't but forget they the, will be on the podium very, very soon. Don't forget the EMX Open champion, Butron. Yeah, I don't see him really stepping in. But, <laughs> um, yeah, Spain will be in the mix for a very long time. And they will be on there. They have never been on the podium, but that will happen in the next two years, I'd say. Like, it's got... I don't see a way that Spain don't get on the podium here very, very shortly. Yeah, so it, look, looking at that that list of riders they have, it's, that's a strong team, especially... It's just if, a, sh- it's just a shame that Fares, um ...to be in Prado. It's just a shame that Fares shit the bed, because if you take... Ignore what Fares did, the Prado-Fernandez moto scores were 5, 6, 7, 8. Like, that's good. That's strong. <laughs> Say Fares had put in a ninth and their scores were five, six, seven, eight, nine. I, I, I can't do the maths on that. It would uh, certainly wouldn't have put them first, but it definitely would have put them close to Australia. Yeah, they'd have been fourth on about 34 points. Yeah, it would have been, it, they would have put them in the mix for a podium. Um, uh, the, I, I agree. The, the Spain team, super strong, only going to get better. A bit like Australia. I think um, uh, those guys are going to be battling for a while. I mean, are, are we going to talk about Australia? I think we did, didn't we? Uh, no, we didn't. We haven't talked about Lawrence or anything. Um, yeah, what well, have you got to say? Well, 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 Jet Lawrence went one two. So yeah, no, I, I've, I've kind of, of, I'm offering you four, a chance to talk. I feel like I've spoken yeah, a lot. Four fifty. I think a lot of people um, didn't expect that at all. I think people were, were like, uh, I think we were talking about it last week, and a lot of people said, um, uh, "You guys are high if you think he's going to be." Um, uh, like taking a race win you know sexton and um tomac have gotten covered i think there was a i think i think the 
some people expected the world and some people expected absolutely nothing and there was no in between you were either on one end of the spectrum or the other um and that i think is the case with a lot of generational talents like jet um but no the way that he rode i mean it's not a shock really it just confirms what we all already knew that he is going to be a force in 450 outdoors next year he's going to have an incredible career he is gonna win championships win races he's like this is just the start of something great um my only question now is I don't really understand why he's not doing 450 Supercross, but they're playing the long game, I guess. I guess they are. I mean, they're trying, probably trying to prolong his career as long as possible. Um, you know, you talk about Roxons, you talk about Hurlins, you talk about, you know, the the icons, the greats. He, he's there. Um, I genuinely believe he is... Um, which is phenomenal, really, when you think of going back at 14 years old, winning the EMX 250, we should have expected huge, huge things then. But the buzz wasn't as strong as it, well, even nowhere near what it is now. The kid's just uh, just a, a unique specimen, isn't he? Just built for motocross. The uh, the performance, yeah. the weekend under pressure, first time on a 450, is ridiculous absolutely ridiculous when you, you just break it down and put it in perspective what he's achieved is is phenomenal there's nothing short of, of phenomenal yeah yeah quite quite the statement i would say mm. yeah um, hands down uh, like him him and gertz uh first time on a 450 and they go out and do that ridiculous let's go to a break because i've just realized we've been talking for a very long time very long oops. time oops um, Part one of the MXI show was brought to you by Fly Racing, who have redefined expectations in safety and performance with a Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion technology, conehead EBS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's advanced impact system, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the formula helmet has changed the game. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. We'll be back in two minutes. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. Prox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high-level requirements that all motocross riders require. Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. 
Check out liat.com for more. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 110 of the MX Vice Show. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and... Armour Nutrition. This is part two, and part two is presented by Scott Sports. The all-new motocross and off-road collection from Scott is available now. With a wide range of products to suit all levels of rider, you can rest assured that Scott's new collection has everything you need to conquer the track with confidence and style. From their market-leading prospect goggles to the revolutionary D30 body armour and everything in between, the new collection from Scott is stooped in their innovation, technology, and design mantra scott-sports.com to check out everything going on there not just a goggle company motocross motocross and mountain bikes uh more than your mind could possibly dream of all going on at scott-sports.com um let's talk about this quickly and before we go into leah ask vice anything so normally we have a long-term plan of where the nations is going um but I feel like this is the very first time that we really don't know. We know it's going to be Erne next year, but other than that, we don't know. I mean, I think I think it's going to be back in France in 2026 as well, but we have no idea for 2024 or 2025. Um, obviously, after Latvia in 2014, in front kind of put a thing in place where they were only going to give the nations to... Uh, nations that were kind of ingrained in motocross history would definitely deliver a large crowd the atmosphere that the event warrants blah 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 um and those nations are um italy france united states great britain and belgium the netherlands if there's a venue there which typically there isn't for uh, an event of this size um and also you would think that it's time for the event to go back to Italy. Uh, we haven't been there since. Well, I'm not counting Mantova, so we haven't been there since. Yeah, we haven't been there since 2016. Fair to not count Mantova, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, we haven't been there since 2016, and ticking another box, you would expect good weather there. But without it being a COVID year, I don't think there's anywhere in Italy that can actually host for nations. So I, I don't know, but I would imagine there's probably a bit of a head scratcher going on behind closed doors about where to take the nations next yeah i i had this conversation the weekend and you try and think about where where to go next and it's like i don't know because majora majora got in so much trouble with the government and everything that i would imagine we can't go back there no i i can't see that happening i think we're lucky to have a gp there and we should just accept what like be happy with what we've got yeah (laughs) um and then Mantova, not good, not big enough or good enough to host the nations. Uh, Trentino, I I would not put it past in front to try 
to make the nations at Trentino happen. But realistically, that's just not going to work. Uh, there no, no there way. isn't the parking. There isn't the fan area. There, there's not enough space at all. No. Um, please, please, please don't, please don't go there. <laughs> um, so Italy, uh, I, unless I'm forgetting a track, Italy kind of isn't an option for the next couple of years anyway. Um, we've just been to America. I'm ready to have a break from Redbud now. Like, I don't want the nations to go back to Redbud for another eight years. Yeah. Like, because even it, it had been four years, but the weekend did feel a little bit samey. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. I was, I was, yeah. It, for me, and when it started to rain, it was just like, oh, this is like Groundhog Day. Um, um, and, and there are way more other tracks um in america who who, who could what could hold but, ho- but equally nations. we can't we now we're not going to go back to america until 20 i would say 2025 at the earliest so for 2024 i really don't know like i there maybe, was talk a few years ago about udavella um what yeah. no no yeah. no <laughs> yeah they they they've almost gone bankrupt holding a gp <laughs> yeah and the from from what i heard behind the scenes um and this was the talks were going on in 1819 um not for for it to run in 18, 1819 the, the talks were happening in 1819 and i heard that it was a million um a million pounds what was required to to run the nations yeah i, I can't see Udavala. Udavala doesn't have the hotels or the parking or anything either well, that that was the that was the conversation. That was basically the Swedish Federation or Udavella needed to get a million pounds to run the nations, and that was the the conversation. Yeah, crucially, they are in they aren't in a good financial position either. Um, I mean, the go karting would be amazing, but um, the go karting of nations, not the pit bike of nations, the go karting of nations. Um, suddenly coming around on the idea <laughs> uh i'm just trying to think i mean obviously... i think I, I i would imagine that we are probably due a return to matterly soon well but i've heard nothing about that i mean matterly's always always a winner i mean that was 17 the last time the the other one what you could say is tushintao and also um uh lommel yeah i i don't think i don't think tushintao kind of I, I don't know. I don't think Tushintol's really in a position to have the nations. I don't think... I don't know. I don't really know how to put this into words, but I don't think that... They, Udavala and Tushintol were both in a very similar position with in front, where they were both told to basically improve or they were going to lose their GPs. With so, Tushintol, that, that, there's so much that could be done with that track. They, they keep sticking to the same... The, literally the same layout for like the last... 15 years and, and, and it, that track could be so much better i i, I genuinely believe um lommel's just lommel so um yeah i i would imagine that they're probably a bit gun shy about lommel because like if they go to lommel then maybe team usa does just not go <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but so there again that's the, probably the, a fear. the australian team would do very well at lommel but so I honestly, in my I know nothing, but in my personal opinion, I would rule both Tushintal and Lomo out. I don't think either of those will do the nations again in the distant future. Um, so I don't know. Uh, America-wise, I think Iron Man would be great. I think that's the next most logical place on paper to host the nations. But again, we're not going to go to America for a while. So I, uh, as I said, I think Matterly is probably due, but. There's been no rumours about that, which seems surprising. Um, and, and I would have thought that there would have been whispers about that by do now. Do you want to run Matley in late October? That's the other no, thing. No, but 
well, that we'll learn more about that next week about how the calendars are going to work and stuff. But obviously, the reason we're going to go to late October is because of the American Super Motocross thing. But I think as of 2024, that won't run as late. So maybe then MXGP won't run as late either. Okay. Um, um yeah I, I i'm stumped i am mm. actually stumped st john i would imagine is gonna be france 2026 it's a shame that it's not um that there's not a viable option in somewhere like spain or portugal well i said this to someone this week i think the next time that we go to italy spain or portugal it will be at a road racetrack because you, you gotta believe that you you're gonna get the weather there um, you know, there's plenty of hotels and, and everything else. It, it, it would fit. We just need the track. So um, that, that would be the, the perfect, perfect country to host a nations. I, I, like I said, yeah, road race. I think the next time we go to one of those nations will be at a road race track. Similar to Francia Quarter. I think that was a road race venue. Was that a road race venue? Mm, I'm not sure. I, I, it must have been. That, there's no way there would have been a motocross track like that that's just we've used once and never gone back there. It was obviously a man-made track. I think it was a road race venue. Um, yeah, but I'd imagine that would be when we next return to one of those nations. Um, and yeah, like you say, if we're too afraid of Britain's weather, then are we just going to bounce between France and America for the next five or six years? Uh, I, I, there's got to be a, there's got to be other options. Just, I mean, I have, I'm not. A, I'm, I don't. I'm not. I don't know in depth in the ADAC series whether there is other. Um, tracks no, there. there isn't. There isn't. Okay. This is what I mean. I'm stumped. Like this is genuinely one. Like normally, I have a lot of wild ideas and like theories, but I'm stumped. I do not know where the nations is going to go in 2024. The only thing that wouldn't surprise me is Matali. Also, though, obviously, we, I, I would be willing for Latvia to have another go. Uh, yeah. I know it was a, li- I know it was a little bit flat, but do you not think the nations is in a stronger position now and more people would go? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't got, know why. I, I feel like more. I feel like more people would travel there now. No, nah, I, nah, I, I, I. It would be a good place, and I, and I agree with you. I, I quite like Riga as a as, as a city. I quite like. I love Riga as a city. I, I like um, I like the track at Lavia. I, I think it works well. However, I just don't think it's that destination which people will travel to. Um, I think. France, um, a lot of American Amer- France appeals to a lot of Americans because it is a, a typical European city. If you're going to visit somewhere, then, then get to France. Um, and and you got to think about it. it's not just us. It's a, well, actually, how many how many Brits would want to go to um, Latvia? Not many. So no, it is expensive for like from Britain. It is more. Exp- it's not obviously like going to America, but it's definitely a more expensive trip than going to France, Germany, Belgium. Yeah, um, and you and you go with Wizz Air, so that's always an experience. Like, um, they're the, the worst, literally worst airline possible. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think Germany, I, I, yeah, Germany, Tuchentau, but it, obviously it has its, you know, has its, you know, drawbacks. Um, but you've got good infrastructure there. You've got um, loads of hotels. Um, it works. It wouldn't surprise me if 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 we go there, um, and you know, there's multiple multiple tracks in France which you can go to. And we had yeah, Saint so John, Saint John in what was it, uh, 2011. 2011. I'm surprised. Um, to, I'm surprised that, was a that phenomenal we phenomenal nations. 
I'm confused that we're we've gone we're going to Erne again instead of like back to St. John. Like I'm confused why St. John isn't being used more. But then again, I was gonna say maybe it's because of like the hotel thing, but Erne's terrible. Yeah, and the camp the, to be fair, it was electric. The atmosphere was absolutely electric at, at St. John. Like literally one of my best ever nations, especially in Europe. Um but yeah, who knows? Like Thunder Valley was was great in America. Buzz Creek was great in America. So I, I okay. So uh, we need to move on. But I like these conversations. Buzz Creek destroyed themselves financially, so I don't think they would do it again. Why is there not talk of Thunder Valley doing it again? I asked a few people that question, and they said that the crowd wasn't great compared to Buzz Creek and compared to Redbud. How the hell did um, Buzz Creek? Um get themselves into financial issues. If... No, no one really knows, but they they have told people that it crippled them. That's just crazy. Really no one really understands how so that happened. many people there. So many people. Like, that's surprising. But yeah. That was t- the two great tracks. Thunder Valley was, was yeah, awesome. Yeah, Thunder, well. um, Thunder Valley. Thunder uh, Valley. Did you... Did 2010, you... I, I loved think it. think the crowd was meh? Nah, crowd was awesome. And um, FMF pulled off at absolute like literally marketing move because it was super hot super sunny and fmf just give out uh umbrellas for free to the crowd and all you seen was just a sea of fmf umbrellas like for for tv it was phenomenal coverage for him there was the if you if you go back and look at the the, the, the videos from from um thunder valley you'll see that how many people there was there there was there was a lot of people there yeah obviously i wasn't there so but that um but yeah, surprised me that people said that the crowd wasn't anywhere near as good as Bud Creek or Red Bud. Anyway, good discussion. I like that stuff. I, mm-hmm. I think I enjoy that stuff more than the rate talking about the racing sometimes. Um, Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Liat, ask advice anything time. Okay. Liat is thrilled to announce the launch of their new 2023 Moto range, their sleekest, most stylish range to date. The new range includes a variety of unique designs in riding gear, helmets, and gloves, enabling you to go beyond in style in 2023. The Liat 2023 gear designs offer something for all riders, whether you, whether you are looking for bright, vibrant colors or something more conservative. There is for sure a design that you will like. I can vouch for that. Liat have definitely taken a massive step forward with their 2023 gear. Again, I keep saying that every year, but it's I, I, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to do it again in 2023 because... This is a massive step, but they seem to amaze us every single year. So maybe they will pull off the impossible once again. We'll see. But for now, head to liat.com to check out the current range of uh, 2023 Liat gear. And there will definitely be some stuff there that will float your boat. I can vouch for that myself. Right. Your questions answered in Liat Ask Vice Anything, where we take your questions from social media. Um... And here's a question. Um, it's not really a question for the podcast, but it's just come in 15 minutes ago. Uh, Paul's Jonas, familiar? Yeah. Thank you. Took a while. Sorry. Um, Paul's, Paul's Jonas um, asked on Twitter, when can we expect to see the 2023 MXGP calendar? So I replied to him and said, well, when are you going to tell us what you're doing next year? And he replied, is there some place for me at MXVice? Really? That's I'm not, not sure good what news. To I'm not sure what happened to his deal. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm joking. He's taking a piss. I just oh, that, that's okay then. That's okay. He's, then. Fi- he's fine. Worry is over. Yeah, I was taking. He was taking. I was taking a piss. Um, right. 
the uh the one thing i will say is um uh i uh, like jonas as well i've got to say i like jonas yeah not only do i like jonas but also i really like tim from uh standing construct and they put out a very strong tweet to uh the announcement of uh, uh basically two rounds in indonesia um for next year and uh, i completely agree um you know the tweet i'm talking about hey yeah i can't remember what it said because it was a while ago but but basically it said like congratulations on on an event with no fans um the cost of getting there and also half the paddock uh basically being poisoned for food poisoning so um, right. let's go do it again Jack L. Hyde, Leah asked Vice Anything, how can motocross events cater to a more well-rounded field of spectators? We always think of this as a family support, but the majority I see is men of younger age. Um, I've I, I got to be honest, I've I seen a variety of people in, in the US. There was uh, a lot of people. All shapes with, and sizes? Well, the thing for me is that the amount of kids which were going around on like revies and stuff like that in uh you know, going with their, you know, family is very much more, it's probably more of a family, more families than I've ever seen um, at a nation's. So um, there was like loads and loads of kids going around, um, you know, lots of families, lots of like husbands, wives and stuff like that. Uh, and a lot of people taking their partners. And there was like, a, and I guess you, you get it with um, America, like an older generation of people who uh, you're, you're always going to get, um, you know, you're always going to get that in most of the nations. It is a holiday, and why not? You're going to call up, you know, a couple of your oldest buddies and say, "Let's go away for a weekend, have a few drinks, get away." And it is kind of a release for people because you know you're going away with old friends and stuff like that. So you're never going to get away from that. However, um, uh, you know, I think the nations could do a little bit more. In um, yeah, but it's not just for nations. He's talking about motocross. Oh, just, let's talk about Redbud. Okay, yeah, Redbud. So, so I would say, like, you know, how I would um, tackle this would be um, GPs. Is it's, it? How easy would it be to literally mark off and put like a little, a little track for revies for for kids to keep occupied? Um, there's there's a lot more what could be done to make I think the GPs a lot more family friendly. Remember my um, remember my idea for the Saturday format, where mm-hmm. the Saturday morning is interviews and fun t- not interviews sorry. Oh, meet a fun hero. Fan exp- yeah fan experiences signing oh, sessions fun st- like 100 percent, 100 thank you yeah 100 so thank you and I, and I do think that you know with the vast spaces that we have like you say like let's let's make it more family fight you know and and make it like you can you can get a weekend ticket for the family which is cost effective because let's face it those families are going to be driving a considerable way or flying or whatever so I think more could be done to 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 make it a bit more family fight. Okay, thank you for that. No reason. Um, MXO oh SWAT racing MXON or MXDN. Well, before we start, well, we thought, before we start that, I'm old school, so it's MXDN. Wait, are you gonna? Are you? Gonna, I think you might complain about exactly the same thing that I'm going to complain about. What are you going to say? Well, I. It is not on on brand, but it is about the MXON. Like one thing which, oh. so when I, when I went to 2010 Nations, right, um, I went to uh, an basically uh, outlet, so like a big mall outside. I was all I seen everywhere was big posters of um, you know Mercross Nations on. There was a local radio station was playing in in shops, and they were talking about Mercross Nations. It was in your face everywhere around Denver. Um, big, literally. What does this have to do with MXON or MXDN? Well, 
this is the weirdest thing, right? The MX, the MXON this year, there was not one sign. But what does this have to do with the question? It just made me think, MXON. I wanted to bring it up. Like, this was the first year that I've been to a Nations and there was not even a sign or it's advertisement. It's relevant to the question. I know it's not, but I wanted to bring it up before I forgot. But like, Okay, back to the question, MXON or MXDN? Well, I've already said MXDN. I'm old school. Oh, okay. Well, what I was going to say... I, I say MXON because I like to be factually correct. Um, it took me a while to get out of the habit of saying MXDN, but now I've got in the habit of saying MXON. What I don't accept, which seemed to be the hot thing over the weekend, is riders and everyone calling it, calling it MXON. No, no, no. I don't know where MXON is coming from, but we can no. shut that down right yeah, now. That needs to go. If, if MX you are on? saying MX on, then you need to vacate. Oh, I was I had to stop myself from texting multiple riders telling them to fucking get a grip. Yeah, no, we we don't want to be doing that. That is it. MX on. Like every time I heard it, it just didn't hit my ears right. It that's made me feel uncomfortable. A, that's got to be a translation issue. No, 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 no. What, English people saying MX yes, on. Yes, yes. Oh my Everyone. God. It was oh literally like God. someone. Like I don't know what how it caught on. No, but it's M it's not a thing. Not a thing. It's either MXON like or MXDN. But I'm old school, so I grew up with MXDN. Motocross Designations. Um, at Chris United 93, is the, out is the outdoor season Sexton's to lose next year? Barring injury in Supercross, he's surely the clear favourite. I am marking my territory now. Chase Sexton is your champion indoors and out next year. I am on record. I'd like it. If you feel like you want to hold me to that, feel free, write it down, timestamp it, whatever you feel like you need to do. Uh, Chase Sexton is your 2023 AMA Supercross champion and 2023 Pro Motocross champion. And you know what? While we're at it, let's throw in the SMX champion as well. Wow. Doing the triple. Yep. And you know what? Fuck it. Throw in the nations too. Wow. You are Sexton, high 2023 is going to be the year of Sexton and I am ready for it. I bet you are. I am ready. Utter domination. Maybe not that far, but Sexton will win everything in 2023, is my bet. Um, at MarkDMX36, did Tommy run out of fuel in both races? And any silly season news on where Brits in GPs will end up racing? Yes, Tommy ran out of fuel in both races. Um, yes, he did. Uh, not much to say there. He's the only rider who did which is weird. And silly season news on where Brits and GPs will end up. Well, we know, well, we don't, it's not official, but we believe that Comrade is going to go to uh, Crendon Fast Track Honda in the UK, so not be doing GPs full-time. Um, I believe I believe Joel Rizzi is back with Riley Racing. Yep, that's what I've heard. Um, ben is still unclear. He's gone on holiday. I've been texting him this week, though. We are, it is still unclear. Um... Who, who else is there? <laughs> is there any other British riders in GPs? Uh, um, Eddie J. Wade, I think, is going to be doing more of a national championship. I don't yeah, think I think he's, he's doing... signed for Verde, hasn't he? In, Something in like that, yep. Um, I think that's it. Sterry, I don't think Sterry's got a GP ride. It was looking quite good for a while there, but I'm not sure it's come off. Um, mm. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's not looking not too good. Not many riders to run through nowadays. <laughs> no, and... and Let's uh, let's think. You know what's going to happen over the next five years. Well, this is, goes back to what I said. Let's make Team GB the foundation to build British motocross off of. 
Like let's you like let's use that to put some positivity into British motocross and also make it so that everyone aspires to be on Team GB and by de fact de facto MXGP. Yeah, we've got a lot of problems as a as a country. Um, you know, so someone has to stand up and take responsibility for the shit show what is going on right now. Um, I, I, it's not just one thing; it's a multiple of things. But it's like. I don't even know where to start. That's like a whole different podcast show. Um, at SJ Buckers, um, is it true that Steve Mappis is taking over hosting the show now that he is best buds with all the Euro riders? I have to say, <laughs> I have to say, tip of the hat, him doing a Saturdays with Sewer podcast was fucking quite a good way to... That was that was a very good move and very good way to kind of get at me. And that was... That was like, shots fired. I have to I have to tip my hat. I was very smart yeah. and very good. I yeah. have to I have to tip my hat and say that I was beaten there. Like yeah. there's no comeback to that. Yeah. No, Although I do I, I did hear I did hear that Sewer was quite an, quite um afraid that that would have pissed me off. Oh. So Sewer knows what side is Ben's prop. His Sewer knows what side his bread is buttered. I thought you were going to say Sewer knows what Ben's buttered. Maybe you're no. just like rolling them all into one. No. Um Sorry, I'm just moving social platforms to more questions. Um, oh, we don't like that question. <laughs> what's, uh, what's wrong with that question? Braden underscore 212. With Renault and Gertz looking great on the 450, does Sewer get pushed out of the Yamaha family? No. No. Sewer was the best Yamaha rider this year, hands down. Um, and if anything, if, if Yamaha manages... To, you would imagine that Yamaha's dream team for 2024 is going to be Sewer, Renault, and Gertz. It's yeah, cold enough who will be pushed out. Yeah, that's 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 a solid team as well. Jeez. But does Yamaha make a run at Hurlings or Prado at the end of next year? It wouldn't Fuck. surprise me if you see next Prado. Next year's silly season, I, I as I've said, it's already happening, and every phone call I've had this week, I've talked to people about what they're going to do next year. Like, it... It is so interesting because who knows? Like it's like as I as I've said many times, it is basically a blank canvas. Everyone can do whatever the fuck they want. Like if you've got this wild aspiration to go after a rider, well, that is the time to do it. Twenty twenty three silly season. Um, R Davis two eight four. Why is there an age limit in MX two but not in World Supercross if both are FIM affiliated? Uh, the age rule is not an FIM rule; it is a in front rule. So down to the promoter. So in that case, it would have to be imposed by SSX, SX Global, not um, at the FIM. And to be fair, they don't need to be doing that. No. Um, I think they're struggling for enough for riders as it is. Um, Friendly Giant 93, with Muse and Gilbert joining... With Muse and Gilbert joining... I guess he means Crendon Fast Track Honda. Yep. What's Tommy doing? Or is Thorpe running a free man assault? Uh, Tommy will be on a green bike. Yep. Uh, we are UK Motocross. Please work on in front to bring the pit bike of nations to earn a next year. Controversial. I almost feel like the pit bike of nations is too big. Why? I don't know. Do you not feel like it's kind of like almost taken away from the nations a little bit because it's too big? Nah. Oh. nah. Hey, it's just a bit of fun. And that, I don't know. Some people were taking it very seriously. I'm sure they were, but it is it is what it is. It's a little bit of fun. So, um, you know, let, let them have it. They did, they did do it at Assen. 
uh, in 2019. Obviously, they did it. They did it for the first time at 2018 Redbud. Um, they did it in Assen in 2019, but it wasn't the same because the big perk of Redbud is they have that night track. Um, yeah that is a proper track. It's got jumps, it's got berms. Uh, obviously, Aston didn't have that, so they just put some cones out on the start straight and had people race around those. So yeah. quite have the same effect. And again, similarly, uh, Erne doesn't have a little side track. Uh, most European, like Matterley doesn't have a European, a uh, little European, a little side track. So like most European tracks don't have that luxury. So unless you can find, unless you're going to mark out a plot of land, build a track from scratch, it's going to be hard to replicate what they've got at Redbud. Yeah, it works. It works well at Redbud. Um, Simon Bow ninety one. Any rumours of riders changing teams? Well, it's kind of all done now. But October the first is Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. How many days has September? Thirty. Oh, October the first is tomorrow. So a lot of things will become clear. Saturday, Sunday, or Monday, if people, those people Monday. don't work weekends. Yeah, probably Monday, I reckon. I, um, and, and it's usually quite slow. So there's been a couple of announcements online, but usually it's quite slow. Yeah, but October the 1st is more American than Europe. But um, like I know uh, Mitch Evans' contract with HRC is up October the 1st. Um, uh, I'd imagine that Christian Craig to Husqvarna will be announced on October the 1st. Um yeah, there isn't that much this year. There isn't that um, much, but a lot of things will become clear over the next week, the first week of October. A lot of GP contracts don't run out until November the 1st. So, um, Some of them not until December the 31st, which means we have to wait a very long time. Yeah, which April. is ridiculous. Um, this this question annoyed me. MKMY, MKMY in yellow, given the sheer number of riders in the USA, why is this not the expectation at every MXON? It is. Like, every year at the MXON, people expect Team USA to win. Like, I do. MKMY NY yellow, I don't know where you've been, but every year people expect and want and feel that Team USA should win. Correct? Yeah, yeah they, keep... they have a deep pool of riders. Uh, Gappy Kovac, when. When an American GP, not in 2023, but in 2024, there should be something very, 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 very cool. But not in 2023. It was maybe going to be in 2023, but not now. Um, uh, Cal Crossland 26, favorite MXON kit setup? Uh, I'm going to be biased and say t- uh, Australia. Why is that biased? Because uh, I've got one of their tops. Yeah, but you have, you've got a jacket, haven't you? Not a yeah, jersey. Jacket, yeah, the whole yeah, so that's actually was, nothing to do the with the whole setup the... was super cool. Okay, um, Cal Crossland twenty six means like gear and bike. Yeah, yeah, Australia. Okay, um, yeah, but like rider because they didn't all have the same gear, did they? So like, what rider? Jesus Christ! Uh, Jesus, now you want okay? Um... Um, I will go Sexton. Okay, because you're high on Sexton. I'm high on Sexton. We are high. Sexton is, is going to get a restraining order for you next year. He's going to need one. I'm high on Sexton. Yeah. Currently in negotiations to start a Sexton wagon. <laughs> I bet you are, you dirty little boy. Um, I'm going to go Mitch Evans. I really like. I, I liked the the Fox app with the, and I liked what the HRC done with the bikes. Okay. Mitch Evans is going to need a restraining order on you, I think. Whatever. Um, uh, 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 Wizard78 says, any news on who will be riding the beta in MXGP now 
Jeremy Van Horbeck has retired. Um, well, weird. So Beta is definitely moving to MRT. But then for a little while there, there was a rumor that they actually weren't going to go racing because it was too much. Like they needed to take a year out to kind of like uh, focus solely on development. Development. Um, but now it seems that they are going racing and they are actively talking to riders, but no one has signed yet. Hmm. Um, bit late to the party. Yeah, but I think Beta have been like that every year. Like, I remember when they first had an MXGP team, it was announced on like January the 31st. Or, wasn't, like, or, wasn't Jimmy Cloche their first rider? Yeah, and Van Horvick. Yeah, yeah they, that was their first team. Um, right. That's done. I feel like we did a lot of questions there. We did. left out a lot, but we did a lot of questions. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for contributing to the Liat Ask Vice Anything segment. Liat is thrilled to announce the launch of their new 2023 Moto range, their sleekest, most stylish range to date. The new range includes a variety of unique designs in riding gear, helmets, and gloves, enabling you to go beyond in style in 2023. The Liat 2023 gear designs offer something for all riders, whether you are looking for bright, vibrant colors or something more conservative. There is short there is for sure a design you will like. Liat.com to view their entire 2023 collection. A lot going on over at Liat and a lot of big improvements being made year on year. So go and check that out. Um, even if you're curious, just go and see what they've got, what they're up to, and I'm sure you'll be enticed into uh, actually buying something. Right. Um right. Let's go to an ad and then finish the show. Um, that is part two of the MX5 show. MX5 show. Um, part two is presented by Scott Sports. The all-new motocross and off-road collection from Scott is available now. With a, ride, with a wide range of products to suit all levels of rider, you can rest assured our new uh, Scott's new collection has everything you need to conquer the track with confidence and style. From their market-leading prospect goggles to the revolutionary D30 body armor and everything in between, the new collection is stooped in Scott's innovation, technology, and design mantra. Scott-sports.com for more on everything they have going on over there. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. We'll be back in two minutes to wrap up the show, Talk World Supercross. Um, there's probably, I think there's something else that was pissing me off that I need to yell about and more. See you in a bit. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to part three of episode 110 of the MX Vice Show. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition, of course. This is part three, and part three is presented by Prox Racing Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. 
All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Hi, James. Hi, Lewis. I feel like I've been talking too fast. Um, I think you're very excited. Um, I don't I, know why, though. I, I, <laughs> so, don't, I don't know why either. I think so. My, I've, like, my, I've, I've got a lot of energy suddenly. Fun, funny enough, um, I got back uh, Tuesday, and um, uh, that typical thing of flying back on a plane, like uh, the, the literally the air conditioning on the plane or whatever, I suddenly lost my voice. Everybody's like, oh, you must have been shouting. I was like, no, I had a lot of meetings. I was talking to a lot of people. But um, literally lost my voice to the point of yesterday, Oh, it's really bad. Um, today, voice is coming back slightly today. But um, yeah, that with, uh, you know, lack of sleep and everything else, I'm hanging. But you, you are just like you've had six Monster Energies this, mo- this morning. I haven't actually had an energy drink today. But never mind. Um, you had a good weekend, though. Ah, oh, the weekend was um, was phenomenal. Not as good as 2018, no? Uh no, I think I think it eclipsed twenty eighteen. No problem. Um, for me, it was a you know different weekend. It was weird, like you you guys not being there, obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, it, I kind of uh, I was lucky. I, I got some real good passes this year, so I kind of seen it from a different set of eyes. Um, I had a kind of like a wander around as well. I was in pit lane, skybox. If anyone wants to, I'll help everyone fill in the blanks. James basically got a super VIP pass of a different set of eyes that he saw was from was from a very powerful person but none of you will ever be able to hit james's level so um what was cool is they actually put um the the vip part literally on the landing of um Lorico's leap so that was pretty cool so um well it's good to see that you were working hard <laughs> yeah well uh, i had everything i needed they had like lifetime in there they had the uh, literally uh, the tv on as well so you can see all the red product it's it's very good i'm not gonna lie um uh, so yeah if i recommend I wonder it. you weren't so happy in turkey there was no vip section for you <laughs> there was not so um and uh, you know uh, big thanks to, to all the hospitality uh which i was welcomed in over the weekend absolutely ridiculous uh, it was amazing so um literally it was like everybody's like yeah come on in come on in like um yeah great let's let's yeah great yeah just help yourself so um, it must have been a bring a freak party i don't know what it was but everybody was very happy to see me and we just wanted to chat so um yeah hey thanks hrc for um fantastic breakfast um burritos they're really good yeah that was real real nice wake up in the mornings Brilliant. So, um, um so a lot of things are going to start to fall into place uh, coming up. We still don't have an MXGP calendar. Which is ridiculous. Let's face it. I Every think... year in freaking June or July, we get a calendar for the year after, which always changes. But it's like, give us something. Anything. Like They must know what the first five GPs are going to be. Put those on. Put those out. It's I, like um, something. I am. Um, I am. Um, I am. Um, I think... Now, so on Tuesday, October the 4th, is that Tuesday? I think it is. Um, there's going to be a press conference in LA where they are going to announce the Monster Energy Supercross schedule, the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross schedule, and the SMX schedule. Um, and basically answer all questions about what's going on with that new series and how the prize money is going to be split up and all of that's good stuff. So 
On the American side, all of the questions will be answered on Tuesday. I would imagine that off the back of that, we will then get an MXGP calendar in the same week. So you think that that MXGP is waiting for the announcement? They're, no, they're, they're no. actually not talking to them and have like an idea themselves. No, 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 no. They 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 talk, they talk to them. They know what's going on. But what I'm saying is, with the SMX schedule running later, this is just an idea I have in my head. But with the SMX schedule running later, I maybe wonder if MXGP will ru- will put out their schedule, which also runs later out afterwards because then like that kind of explains why the mxgp schedule is going to run later doesn't it like if they dropped a schedule right now there'd be a lot of people going why the hell was it running later but if they dropped it after the smx schedule people would go oh well that must be why well i explain that terribly but i can't be asked to go into more detail okay Um, um can i tell you something that tickled me the weekend what's that so on the um you know like you get the uh live timing boards in pit lane and we kind of stand around and, you know, check what sectors and everything else. And, you know, the names are literally all of um, uh, the surnames of the riders, yep. including Lawrence. So um, you you got like Hunter and Jet, and it still says Lawrence, okay? doesn't say, doesn't say their initials. So everybody has a surname, no matter what, uh, except Tom Cock. So they would not put Cock up without a Tom. So um, it was everybody's no, it's surname. His, it's, it's because his name's are so small that there's room to fit everyone in. Nah. Fit his whole name in. Nah, you don't have Anton Goal. You just have Goal. Um, literally, they're like, yeah, we're not going to put Cock on there. On its own. So, so you're telling me, me that. So you're telling me that you stood in VIP all weekend, and your one big rele- revelation for the podcast is that. Yeah, that that um that someone somewhere is a little bit prude and won't put a cock on the uh on on the timing board on its own. So you stood in VIP and that is what you've got that's what you've come home with. Yeah. Do you feel like this was a job well done? Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm bringing that information to the masses. No one would have seen that. That's okay. what that's what I'm talking about. Um, there was a cock I'm gonna on the ask timing you screen. To stick ar- I'm going to ask you to stick around after the podcast, if that's okay, James. Just for a quick <laughs> chat. Employee evaluation. Just for a quick chat. Okay, just, no problem. Just when we, when we end the podcast, just stick around, and I'll get to you um, shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, brilliant, though. No, thank you for that. No worries. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Oh my god! I don't I, even know where to I go did, from there. I, I brought some heat this weekend. Mitch Evans, Kyle Wolf, and then like, basically just analyzing Ferrandis's eight seconds a lap, smashing people left, right, and center. Boom! But and, no, back to what I was saying. I am actually quite. You know, I am actually quite excited for. Um, I am quite excited about Tuesday's announcement because um, it's going to be interesting to learn more about what America is doing with this SMX thing. Um. In, like interested to know more about the concept and how it's all going to work, blah blah blah. Something new, which is always quite exciting, I think. Like just interesting to know how the new things are going to work. Um, so yeah, I think that's going to be quite a quite an exciting thing. And then speaking of new, we will go from there to World Supercross, which yeah. is going to need to come out swinging. Absolutely. Um, and MX Vice are going to be there. We're going to be doing a podcast um, from there, which will be good. So um, if you're going to Cardiff, hit us up. But yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we next week we we can have literally a, a show dedicated to. Do no, it. there's no show next week. Uh, 
okay, did you want to run that past me before we... we no, sh- there's no show next week. Okay, um, shall I do it with somebody else? Shall I get oh, I've made the, exec- the show is off next week. I've made an executive decision. I mean, it might come back if something happens. I mean, it depends how big October the 1st is, really. But Wow. So you don't want to do a run-up to WSX? No, I've pl- I've planned. I, uh, this is foreign to you, James, I know, but I actually plan like podcasts in advance, and this is how we're going to preview WSX, because there's no way we can do an entire show previewing how Thomas Doe is going to do. Well, I think you're disrespecting the Doe. Right, let's talk about it now. So, who, so Roxa, Tomac will win, Roxon will be second, Brayton or Wilson will be third, and then the rest. <laughs> See? This is why there's no show next week. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, how I think Max must be pumped. Well, he's in 250s. Yep. So you clearly would have been bringing the heat to that podcast. Absolutely. So um, if you, no, if you in all some... seriousness, no. In all seriousness, the 450 class is not good. But the 250 class is going to be very good. Um, uh, I'll try and do it off the top of my head. But McElrath, Nichols, Bogle, Anstey... Wilson Todd, um, oh, I knew I shouldn't have tried to do it off the top of my head. Chisholm, Jace Owen. Um, Who's on the Honda who, 1114? Oh, well, God, Pellegrini is going to be 450. Geordie Tixier, Angelo Pellegrini, Thomas Doe, and Lorenzo Camparisi. Okay, so Camparisi and Doe is going to be 250s, I guess. Yes. See why this wasn't an entire podcast. <laughs> I, would, um, I know you're playing it down, but I'm actually excited for WSX. I'm not I think playing it down. I think I'm it's talking, gonna be good. I, I just told you that the SX2 class is going to be pretty good. The yeah. 450 class is lacking. I don't think anyone, everyone agrees with that. Yeah, I'm not being funny, but you're going to buy your ticket to see Tomac in, in, uh, in Roxon, aren't you? Let's face it. Okay. I don't want Mr. Defensive... Oh, I'm not being defensive. I'm just saying that. It doesn't matter. I wasn't matter. saying anything bad, James. I was just saying that the SX2 class is very good. Well, and well, that we can't fill two hours with previewing a one race. Well done, you. Uh, I'm just saying that. I do believe that um, you know a lot of people will go to the event just to see Tomac in Roxon, and why not? Yeah, they will. I'm not saying that. I, I never said that no one's going to turn up. Obviously, Tomac and uh, Roxon are going to be... A, I almost said Sexton there. Sexton on the brain. Um, but, Tomac and Roxon are going to be a big draw. <laughs> Um, would, would, of you, course. would you be more excited if Sexton was there? Ah, oh, the future champion <laughs> in Cardiff. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, of course. But as I I always say it every year about Paris, the problem is when they bring someone like Marvin over, we all know Marvin's gonna win, so it kind of takes away from it. And in this case, Tomac and Roxon is great, but a negative of them being there is. Realistically, Tomac and Roxon are going to win. Um, I've, I've got a track map here. Nothing really. Uh, the only thing different to AMA Supercross really is the fact that the finish line has a three-star ramp as a takeoff. Oh, that, you know, I said before the break that's something that pissed me off that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Right, I've got it. Um, fuck me. So, Arena Cross UK is back. I read their press release, and in the press release, it said, don't worry, fans. Edgar Torrenteras will be back with his helicopter beatboxing. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh, honestly, amazing. honestly, Arena Cross can do what they like. They have got FMX shows at World Supercross. If Edgar Torrenteras is there beatboxing, I will burn the stadium to the <laughs> ground. 
without warning. And I won't even try to get out myself because the beatboxing will be that bad that I won't even want to live life with that in my memory. Uh, literally, like... that. I don't give a fuck if they have Tomac or Roxon. If they have Edgar Torrenteras beatboxing, the event is a fail. So if you're listening to this, SX Global, consider that. <laughs> I don't care if you give me a million pounds start money for attending. If Edgar Torrenteras is beatboxing, I'm out. They, uh, the one of the uh, most interesting places what what I've seen is uh, Aberdeen. I've been to Aberdeen. It's the yeah, most. Do they have a stadium? I don't know, but it's the most grayest place on the planet. It's like the the stonework matches the sky. It's like you can't differentiate between the two. It's like you're living in a world of gray. So, um, and it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's right on the coast, and it's freezing. So. Good luck with that one. It's it's a hell of a journey to Aberdeen. I don't care about Arena Cross UK. I just care about this beatboxing. Like, for God's sake. For God... Honestly, I remember 2014 being sat in a stadium or an arena in Birmingham listening to this man pretending to be a helicopter. Little did I think that eight years on, the little man would still be pretending to be a fucking helicopter. He is. The legend is back with his helicopter. Honestly. The honestly, legend. Honestly, I swear, I don't know who is involved in the FMX in WSX, but if he is going to be beatboxing, may God have mercy on you all. <laughs> but it's, it's literally... I will not be happy. It's over a month as well. So it's like literally starts on the 20th of January. What are you talking about? I feel like we're talking about different things. No, no, Arena Cross Tour next year. It's yeah, like, I was talking about the beatboxing, and then you're now talking about a different championship. Uh, I'm bored of the beatboxing. No, it's the same championship. I'm just saying that the whole championship. Do you is... back me up on the beatboxing? Oh yeah, I'm fucking over that. Like, thank you. He's I'm... got one trick. He doesn't even. He doesn't even change up the beatboxing. It starts with a. Oh, helicopters flying overhead. Oh, it's fucking landing. Oh wait, no, it's not. It's just a man making sounds with his fucking mouth. Yeah. I don't know what year it was, but what was the year that we went and we went to about three in a row? I don't. Know, I, don't I don't remember ever being at Arena Cross with yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was. We we were there. And I, I don't know whenever it was like fourteen, fifteen. I think it might have been fourteen. And there was like three rounds with the beatboxing, and we just looked at each other and was just like, "I, I can't go through this again. I, I can't hear this again. I, I can't." That you know that was back. That's eight years ago, and and it's still like if that's your crowd puller, then 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 you're fucked. In all seriousness, no. Who is going to do the Arena Cross UK series? Um, I guess all like Subarass and those people again. Yeah, yes, you'll get the uh, you'll get those guys. It'd be a, a, a big French contingent. I guess you're going to get like uh, Dylan Woodcock. Um, this this is the official statement. Freestyle motor. They're again like people like Dylan Woodcock and Joe Clayton. Yeah, they'll be AMA. Like that. They're they're going to want to be doing AMA. So it's like, like who are you left with? Freestyle motocross also plays a massive part of the show. And yes, for those Edgar Torrenteras lovers out there, the beatboxing legend is back with his helicopter. No, who? No, no, no. I'm not accepting that. I'm sorry. No. You know what? Has he got permission to land that fucking helicopter inside a bloody arena? Because I can he... probably alert uh, the authorities of that. Yeah. And get uh, that whole thing shut down. I, I, I think it's a brave decision to bring it back because, um, you know, you, you, you're basically going to clash or around the same time as all the preseason stuff. 
um, with like, you know, um, Hawkstone and stuff like that. So you're, you're competing with those guys. You've got WSX, which is finishing, you know, like literally now we've got 24-7 motocross, which in a way, I think people kind of need a break. No, but it's, yeah, but, yeah, but like, because I've seen people say this, like, oh, the off season stacked. No one, the level of interest that people have in World Supercross, Arena Cross UK, uh, Bercy, whatever else is going on over the next couple of months isn't on the same level as MXGP and AMA Supercross and AMA Motocross. Like it's, it's more of a interest of like, oh, I'll check the results or, oh yeah, I'll watch that. And then they completely forget about it. Whereas like AMA and MXGP, um, you're like desperate for news every single day. And like, what's happening with this rider? And, oh, what's that person doing? And who's going to win this weekend? Um, races like, uh, WSX, um, uh, uh, Bercy, uh, Arena Cross UK is more like, oh, the race is on. Oh, they won, and then immediately forget about it. It's more like a casual arrangement. The um, except for the bloody bitboxing, which is nothing but casual. Paris, though, they do have uh, a trump card, which is the Lawrence Brothers. No, oh, they got Tomac, Webb, and the Lawrence Brothers. Yeah. Also, I like how you were just fully Australian, just mentioning the Lawrence Brothers and excluding <laughs> yeah. Tomac I'm and not, Webb. I'm not going to lie. Think they've got Webb, haven't they? I, I'm not gonna lie. I am. I am Team Australia because I've looked at what's happening in in the UK, and we there's nothing to cheer about. So yeah, great galas. I'm I'm on board. I'm on board. Right, well, there's going to be nothing to cheer for like the next ten years, so I might as well. well um, I don't know. What's that I hear? Chuk, 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 don't, chuk. Don't. Oh, it's the Watson wagon. <laughs> <laughs> Is what on the greatest comeback of 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 motocross history? The comeback is always greater, better than the setback. I like that. put it on a t shirt. That's going to be on the side of the wagon next year. Nice, nice. Yeah, we've so, already begun marketing arrangements. That, that's good. That's good. Um, but yeah, so you fully you're you're back to normal health now um, after missing the motocross of nations, like in going through some some severe trauma. Yeah, no, on Sunday, I randomly got really ill, but I wasn't ill, if that makes sense. Like, my body was shutting down, but I wasn't showing any symptoms of illness. <laughs> this called stress. Like, so I knew I wasn't ill because I wasn't like, it's not like I had a cough or a runny nose or anything, but my, I literally was like, I couldn't really sit up or anything. Did and your I was like, brain swell? Because no, sometimes but, that happens to you when you get stressed. Yeah, but that you caused that. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll reveal that story. That I, could be a good off-season podcast. I did it. That was not me. That was you get you get so stressed out about stuff. I James, can imagine you literally you shut down the company. <laughs> you you literally could like I didn't I quit my position. Yeah, it's good ass. <laughs> the company was still going. I was yeah, just, but you, I, was just I, I, be, I was I was so over your shit that my brain checked out. I was so over your shit that my brain went, you know what? Fuck this. We're out too. <laughs> the, the, the company was still going. It was just I quit the company. Um, yeah, but still, I just, I was tired of your shit. So tired that my brain could not function. <laughs> it swelled. Um, did you go in ambulance done? or not? Yeah. <laughs> I had lights and everything. Um, amazing. Oh God. Uh, yeah, I think we're done, aren't we? Yeah, we're done. We. I apologize for everyone I've pissed off with this podcast. I feel like I've done quite a good job of hitting a few targets. Um, I love the beatboxing really. I do. That was all just an act. Secretly, I love it. Yeah. But that was also... Just fucking sends a shiver down my spine. Anyway. So basically, let's sum up this this show. You've kind of 
pissed off the whole of Team Great Britain. No, 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 not at all. British I just said I think we can learn. I think we can and make steps forward and use Team Great Britain as a platform to build British motocross off of and get people excited about the top end of British motocross. And then just threw Edgar Torrances in his own helicopter. Oh fuck me! Honestly, I just I have nothing good to say about the beatboxing, other than it's literally the worst thing in life. So apart like, from nothing- that. I hope you uh I hope you've all enjoyed listening to uh the MX5 show. The funny thing is, I think most people probably don't even know about this helicopter thing. They will because you wouldn't have seen it unless you went to I think you did it a do you do it at Bursi? I don't think so. Oh no, I think you might have. I don't know. At one point I couldn't get away from it. <laughs> it just seemed like everywhere I turned. Maybe it was Geneva. Maybe Geneva had the beatboxing. Yeah. No Geneva this year, by the way. That's a shame. I think it's, I think it might be coming back next year. I really, anyway, I really enjoyed paying forty four pounds for uh, a McDonald's Happy Meal. Anyway, that is the final part of the MX Vice Show, presented by Prox Racing Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to the highest quality standard at state of the art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence, why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Any bike, any model, any year, head to their website where there is a parts finder and you put in your little details and then it will spit out every single product that Prox does for your bike. No matter, like I say, no matter the year, no matter the model, no matter the CC. Um, Prox is the greatest kept secret in motocross because once you uncover the endless possibilities there for your bike you will wish you'd known about it much sooner take my word on that um thank you to thank you to fly racing liat scott sports rentful planet motor holidays prox racing parts for uh, mxgp tv even strokes asterisk knee braces and armor nutrition i'm lewis phillips your host that's been episode 110 um, thank you, James Burfield. No worries. I am Wednesday at the factory Kawasaki and Joro test. So uh, I will bring back info. Um, at the moment, no show next week, but depending on how much news drops over the weekend and if we get an MXGP calendar, then maybe there will be a show. So yeah, we'll see what there happens. There will be. There will be. Well, it depends what happens. We need we need things to talk about. There will be. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week or the week after with episode 111. See you next week. See ya. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information. Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com. You.
are listening to the MX Vice Show.